Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey guys, I'm so excited to bring you this latest episode of Move Your Mind. We were lucky enough to sit down and have a chat with Sarah Jeffrey, who's a Canadian actress and singer. She's been in a bunch of shows. She's got a huge list of credits to her name. But most importantly, in this episode, she really opened up. She talked about her own personal battles with mental health. She talked about what needs to change in society and the work that she does to give back and make a difference. It was really moving and touching, and I'm sure you'll all be able to take something out of this. I certainly did. So I really look forward to you listening to this episode and getting your feedback. Welcome to Move Your Mind. My name's Nick Brax, and this is a podcast where we have real conversations with real people and give real advice. On today's episode, I want to welcome Sarah Jeffrey. Sarah's a Canadian actress, singer and dancer, and has acted alongside names such as Jennifer Lopez, Matt Dillon, and Tandy Newton. She's known for her work on the NBC series Shades of Blue and Disney Channel's Descendants franchise. Since 2018, she has portrayed the lead role of Maggie Vera on the CW series Charmed. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on my new podcast, Move Your Mind. I've met you briefly, I think it was about a year and a half ago when I was first in Vancouver, but it's so great to have this opportunity to have a chat to you and just want to say I really, really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. I'm honored and glad that you've reached out. I know it's so weird. We like <laughs> very briefly met each other, but we've probably chatted more now on <laughs> a computer than in real life. Uh, it's it's crazy. I mean, that's been the best thing about doing this podcast. I've I've been reaching out to people from so many different walks of life and yeah. um, you get to have all these really interesting conversations and connect with people that, you know, you wouldn't be otherwise. So um, yeah, that it's is been great. great. But Yeah. So what have you been up to at the moment? Um, well, I, <laughs> like yourself, I'm, I'm with my parents right now. I'm at my family, mm-hmm. my family home in Vancouver. Um, and honestly, I'm just like taking this time to, to indulge myself and do the things that I normally don't have time to do because of my schedule. So mm-hmm. lots of reading, lots of just picking up random hobbies like embroidering and spending time with my dog, spending time with my parents, um, and have been trying to consistently meditate. Um, that's one thing that I'm tr- trying to make a habit so that it carries into when I'm busy as well, just find the time for that. Um, Massively. Yeah. Yeah. But, that's, you know, <laughs> otherwise just kind of Netflix and exercise, you know, the huge. <laughs> the huge, yeah. Yeah. Um. But, you know, it's like, like you're saying, I think it's, um, we've got this time now where you can, like you're saying with meditation, trying to use this time to create that habit, you know, we've got this time. So if we can think forward and think, well, what are some things that are going to help me, you know, in the future when I'm busy again? And if you can really use all the free time to create that habit, then it it is something that can be so beneficial. Yeah. I think if you can implement it now and, and get in the hang of it and it, it will become a habit and, I don't know. Sometimes when I'm busy, I just 
you want to do those things, but it just kind of passes you by. I don't know. Even little things like my skincare routine, Mm. things that like are my me time, um, the meditation, reading at least 10 books or uh, 10 pages of a book a day. um, Just like little things like that, that I hope to carry through to my normal schedule whenever that happens. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I can imagine your normal schedule is pretty busy, but it is um, when in, unless we have something that comes becomes a habit as, as much as you know sleeping, eating, whatever we normally do. It's just so hard in day to day life. We get so many things thrown at us, and I guess with how the world is now as well, we're consumed with information, and it's so fast paced that we need. It, it's so important that we make that time for ourselves to just take that time out. Otherwise, you know, it's so easy to get burnt out. Yeah, it's it's hard to digest everything. I'm finding it really hard, like, you know. Overwhelming. There's just so much going on in so many different d- d- areas of life. It's it's hard to metabolize it all. At least I'm finding it difficult. And just giving yourself, for me, giving myself permission to, like, time out has been really important. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do want to be vocal about, you know, what I believe in and the things that are going on. But I also keeping my mental my own mental health in mind I think it's important to like pump the brakes when it's becoming too much I think you have to I think you know there's um you know this is a pretty unprecedented time Mm -hmm. in you know in in the world right now and there is so many things going on and I know I've if I watch too much news or listen to too many things I'll it will overwhelm me so I think absolutely digesting the information you need but then really taking that time out to be able to just have that time to yourself and not be because cons- it, it, it will it will just it's it's too much it's too much it too is much. too much I don't know how any one person could handle it all it's just it's emotionally draining it's you know mentally draining it, yeah it's difficult so it's, definitely yeah, important absolutely. to prioritize yourself yeah absolutely so um I was going to ask if you could give us um we normally ask the guests to give a little background on sort of your past, how you got to where you are now. And it doesn't have to be, I mean, I know you've you've done a huge amount, just a bit bit of an overview of yeah. how, how you got to where you are now, basically. Yeah, well, I have always been heavily involved in the arts. My family is very artistic, and I feel like it was always going to be something I pursued. Um, I, I started dancing when I was three years old and continued to dance up until I graduated from high school. So that was a massive, massive part of my life, and it still is. But um, the way it actually happened was I thought I wanted to be a nurse. And I didn't grow up with a lot of money, so I knew that I had to make the money to go to school myself and, and work really hard. And I thought, you know, there's a decent film industry in Vancouver. Maybe I could get a couple commercials or something. Maybe I could book a little something to uh, to finance my education. And it kind of just stuck. I was lucky enough to book a, a series regular when I was, I think, 15 turning 16. It just, it, I don't know how, but it's just been nonstop ever since. And I obviously am not pursuing a nursing career, but um, I think this is what I'm meant to do. I just can't imagine not doing it. I really can't. It's it's like a part. It's part of my tapestry. I just it's just what was meant to happen. So that's that's how I am where I am. I guess. <laughs> yeah, amazing, and it's pretty incredible that you know from such a young age you wanted to you know be in this industry and you've been able to 
to make that happen. I mean, not a lot of people are able to pull that off. And it's really wild. I never lose sight of the fact that I'm very lucky because, you know, people, people like to say it's luck, but I, I recognize that it's, it's luck and it's hard work and talent. Like it's, it's a combination mm-hmm. of both, but I always, I never forget that it's hugely luck. And, um, yeah, I just feel very blessed that somehow this is where I ended up. Yeah. And I think it's exactly what you said. It's sort of luck a lot of the time, you know, is created by yourself. It's by putting yourself out there, by having that vision, by working hard. So it's sort of everything has to come together for opportunities to arise. Exactly. A lot of different ingredients have to go into it to make it happen. So, yeah. 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 And and I, I read, you know, I've been looking up some of the work you've done. I mean, I was, I was like, wow, at, at such a young age, you've been in a lot of things. And I read, you know, you, you're on a show with Jennifer Lopez, yeah. Matt Dillon, Thandie Newton, all these people that I, you know, these actors that I've grown up watching. I was like, bloody hell. Yeah, Is I it sort of way. a bit of a whirlwind? Like, do you sometimes sit there and think, how, how did this all, this is crazy? Yeah, absolutely. I have those moments frequently. I... I mean, absolutely. When I even when I got the audition for Shades of Blue, I was like, "What a far shot from!" I just didn't see that coming into fruition. And then to be in the final rounds and to be reading with her was, of course, very surreal. Um, and to then to be working with her every day was not only surreal but a real treat because she's someone who has the most incredible work ethic, and it was really mm-hmm. something special to witness and to to sort of just gleam advice from. And, of course, Tani Newton, I have only incredible things to say about her. I feel very blessed that she was the first person that I really worked with, I guess, um, in a big capacity. She was on this show I did called Rogue, and she was the lead, and I played her daughter. And to have the first your first introduction into the business be with someone who is so gracious and, and lovely and kind and just genuinely a good person, but also super firm in what she believes in and what she wants was just like I couldn't have asked for a better first experience like she's just such a wonderful person in all aspects and um she wasn't you know she wasn't afraid to say no or uh you know she was patient with me when I was learning how to hit my mark and when I was missing my mark and little things like this and that so yeah she was she's someone I'm hugely grateful for and still keeping in contact with a little bit yeah, and I think, like you said, it's so to be you know firm in just who who you are and um, how you want to sort of carry yourself in this industry that that you're in is is so important because it's an industry where you can get pulled a million ways and you can have so many pressures and um, I think it's just so critical that you can be able to just be comfortable. You need to really be comfortable with yourself to be able to go uh, and. Yeah. and do, Absolutely. You know, stand, speak, speak for what you know you think is right and how you want to, what messages you want to put out in the world. And agreed, um, it's, it's yeah, so it's. I mean, for myself, it, it that was definitely because I started out at such a young age. I, I was in my you know formative years when I started. I, it was challenging for me to put my foot down or use my voice or say mm-hmm. I'm not comfortable with that or I am comfortable with this. But as time has gone on, I've definitely felt more um, empowered you know Mm -hmm. there's so much in the entertainment business that is has improved we obviously have a far way to go but Mm -hmm. um you know with really powerful incredible women like tandy just showing what it means to stand up for yourself it's like 
I feel empowered to stand up for myself and I feel like I can, yeah, I feel like my backbone is stronger now. And, um, you have to be your own advocate because Mm -hmm. no one else is going to do that for you. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, I apologize as well if I, I think I said Thandi Newton. Is it, if it's Thandi, I I I apologize if I've said her name wrong. (laughs) No, I didn't even, I didn't even notice, but, uh, yeah, her name's Thandi. That's a common, that's a common error. (laughs) Okay, Tandy probably won't hear this, but if you ever do, I apologize for saying your name wrong. Um, <laughs> that was, um, you know, it was what, what I was going to ask you about. I've seen that you're, you know, quite vocal in standing up for causes you mm-hmm. believe in. Um, you know, how important do you think it is for people that, um, like yourself, that have a platform, that that is used, you know, for the greater good? And in addition to that, what what are some of the causes that, you know, you really believe in and that you're vocal about? Well... Yeah, I just I as a person with a platform, I I strongly believe that that is your duty and I am passionate about a lot of things including um animal rights and standing up for people of color, injustices anywhere, the LGBTQ community, mental health. These are all things that have personally affected me and Um, Mm -hmm. I just think what a shame it would be to waste an opportunity to open someone's eyes or educate someone when you do have the opportunity to like I I have a decent amount of followers and if I can change one person's mind or if I can enlighten someone in 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 a way I I mean like why why wouldn't I you know Mm -hmm. so yeah I I definitely hope to continue being vocal about the things that I am passionate about and be a voice for the people who don't necessarily have one. Yeah, congratulations on doing that as well. Because Thank I think you. It's just, you know, you are, and I can tell talking to you, I mean, you're at such a young age, it's pretty incredible to have, um, you know, you seem very grounded. I mean, I, I don't know you, I'm, just from this conversation, <laughs> Thank you, you seem like you're very grounded. And Thank what I've you. looked, you know, when I was researching, it's sort of, it's not that common to, you know, have that kind of wisdom at that age. Um, but you know, it is so important. And I love what you said as well. And I, I say this in all of the, the talks I do about mental health, that if it can just help one person, then it's been worth it. Absolutely. You know, and- I so believe that. And that's something that I, I really admire all the work you do for mental health. I think it's incredible. I That's something I want to dive into more whether the, it's the right opportunity presents itself or the right time or, mm-hmm. I mean, it's always the right time and I am vocal about it, but I, I want to do more and I struggle with severe OCD. And that's one thing that I really want to tackle and dismantle is the mm. conce- uh, the perception of OCD in mainstream media as well. It's kind of used as this like, uh, like a catchphrase or a buzzword. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, that's, that's a thing that I am, very passionate about and if it can if my messages can help one person and get one person through a hard day then it's worth it and i'm sure they they will and can and and have and you know like you said there's so many mental health is so complicated and there's so many different issues people have or different things to deal with and there's not enough we're not educated about it we're not taught in school we're not taught in mainstream media like you're saying things like ocd it is, it's used in a very throwaway sort of way that oh, I've just had a bit of OCD today. The same as me, um, I've had so much OCD growing up and it's something I have to manage where I'll find if I'm not self-aware enough or not 
you know, looking after myself, I can fixate on things and, you know, it's a hard thing to manage. And I think a lot of people that are in entertainment, uh, in creative sort of industries, you we ha- have that kind of mind because that's part of what also makes you good at being, that's what makes you creative. Exactly. Yeah. So. I mean, my mind is, I like to, I like an OCD to kind of being like allergic to life because I feel like there are triggers just everywhere I look, <laughs> but it's also like my mind is so open to so many insane possibilities that it's also what makes me, um, I don't know. It's what makes me creative. I guess. Absolutely. No, a hundred percent. I think you know, it needs to be, and I, I used to find get so frustrated with how my mind works. Cause so many things, the certain things that everyday things that for most people that would just, you wouldn't, you know, give it a second thought and, and, and they will just be incredibly difficult for me. And then on the same token, things that some people would be like, I don't know how you can do that. It's like, well, that's, you know, you don't even have to think about that. So it's like this, I think you learn to say, looking at it that, you know, you wouldn't have the positive without the negative and you become grateful for having that because it gives you the other you know totally. abilities that you have but then it's it comes down to how do i manage this and how do i understand it more and um i think you know it's so important that we have people like you vocalizing that because there just is not enough education about this it's it's insane that we're yeah. not yeah i mean likewise yeah. i i agree it's i'm personally affected the most by ocd but i know that there's so many other issues out there so many more disorders out there that are misconstrued in the media or we just don't have enough information and I just think we could really change people's lives by educating because I didn't I at first didn't know what was going on with me when I when I was young and I had OCD I had no idea I was confused I thought I was going crazy and and then to know and to learn that there's a name for what I was going through was huge and I still am trying to find a you know constantly trying to find a community of people who are also going through the same thing as me so that's why I, I, you know, I like to put it out there that, you know, yeah. OCD is a, a big struggle for me because I know it affects a lot of people, and uh, I just wanna just want them to know that they're not, they're not alone. Yeah, absolutely, and that's a big part of it. You know, it's just being, and a huge part of what I'm trying to do with all of this is just literally just show people that it's okay to be vulnerable and be honest and open. And the position you're in is that difficult to, or has that been a scary thing to do? Because I guess a lot of people are told wrongly that um, whether it's, you know, whether you're an actor or whether you're in a corporate job or whatever it is that don't ever talk about anything personal because then people might not want to hire you or they might not take you serious. You know, they might be see you as a liability, which it just infuriates me because <laughs> everyone has different problems. And yeah, these, The absolutely. way they're looked at, this is just part of life. Like, it really is. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I mean, to your point, I... At first, I, you know, I've struggled since I was young. So going into the entertainment industry, I was struggling. And I think at first there was this, like, it was heavily stigmatized. And I I didn't know whether to speak up about it. But it was, it's such a huge part of my life. I wanted to. But I was like, does this mean that I don't book the next job that I go out for? Does this mean that I, you know, people are judging me? Does this mean that when I get to set, I'll have eyeballs on me, people waiting for me to, like have a breakdown. I don't know. Um, but I will say that as time has gone on, I, I do feel like while it's still a massive issue, there is a little bit less of a stigma. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's less of a stigma, but I, I notice an openness in, in talking about it. 
and th- that's kind of that's kind of encouraged me to be vocal about it myself and it's something that I, I I don't want to have to hide it's a part of my life and it's also what informs my acting like I think that mm. I am the actor I am and the artist I am because of that it's such a huge part of me I just don't see how it's possible to like not talk about it exactly and you you know you don't have one without the other and it's just yeah it's and I think like you're saying there's a lot more awareness about this stuff now but it's got a long way to go and we need to have more education now and more actual practical you know ways to deal with it it's great to have awareness but then it's like okay people need like you're saying to be able to how do we connect with other people how do we try and understand yeah. it? how do we try and support each other when yeah. we are having struggling with whatever it is it's really really important yeah agreed 100 percent Mental health and well-being are real issues in the construction industry. Men in construction are twice as likely to take their own life compared to the ones who work in other industries. And that's just not good enough. With John Holland's help, we want to make a change. We've joined together to have honest conversations about mental health, life, and stories of people who have overcome challenges. When we hear about stories and struggles that sound a bit like ours, we can learn from each other and remember that we're not alone. So... Currently, what's your focus career-wise? Your, I think w- before we started this, you were telling me you've had a bit of a delay with going back to work because of everything happening with COVID. What, what are you? What's the current sort of movement? You're, is it going back to film on Charmed? Is that the? Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. that's the goal. <laughs> I mean, <Yeah. laughs> um, yeah. eventually, hopefully, we we go back sooner than later. I know that. I mean, I would be surprised if we didn't start before the end of 2020. Uh, but you know, who really knows? I think things are constantly evolving and changing and we're getting new information and we don't know what to believe. So it's just hard to navigate, but that is the goal is to get back to Charmed, um, ASAP. Um, and then I guess during this quarantine COVID situation, it's given me an opportunity to focus a little bit on music, which is something I've always been passionate about. I just didn't have maybe the right opportunities or uh, the, the, the time to the time, yeah. dive into it. But an opportunity presented itself to me, I think, halfway through 2019. This group, Rock Mafia, asked if I wanted to work with them. And I had worked with them before on a Disney film. And they're wonderful and they've done so much and are so successful in the music industry. It just, it seemed like a, it was a no-brainer for me to work with them. And so I had recorded some tracks back in like November and then it kind of ended up working out perfectly because we had these tracks that we were sitting on and and COVID happened and I was like, oh, we could do something with this. We could release this in this hard time. And, you know, the song that's mm. called Even the Stars, it kind of is in line with what's happening, how you have to have dark times to have the good times and appreciate them and peaks and valleys and so we actually shot a very socially distanced music video and kind of like got it all done real quick and released the song. So quarantine has has given me the opportunity to dive into my music career. Is I guess what I'm trying to say. Yeah, amazing. And it was I was going to ask you about it because I saw how you you were able to film that um, during this period. And I the the lyrics, yeah, it, it's so timely and and it, I think it's such a fantastic thing that you can. Um, you know, release that during this period because people yeah. need it. People need positive messages, and you know, they need nice things to. Yeah, I <laughs> to know. Have out in the, in some, the world, not, some not just nice negativity. things. Yeah, 
For sure, yeah. 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 We did we did shoot it during quarantine. I, I will say that Vancouver is a little better off, <laughs> a lot yeah. better off than uh, like LA and uh, a lot of the US, but it was still such a unique experience doing it with masks and face shields and gloves mm. and completely distanced and very small crew and so much hand sanitizer and hand washing stations. It's just... It was kind of a trial run, I think, for what it's going to look like when Hollywood sort of fully opens up. Because um, I anticipate yeah. that there will be a lot of protocols, you know, but rightfully so. I think the, the the main thing was they wanted everyone to feel safe, and I felt safe. So it was great, but I'm, I'm really happy we got it done because, like you said, it's important to bring some levity to life right now. And hopefully it's it reaches at least a few people and brings some some smiles to people's faces so yeah that uh it kind of just worked out i think timing wise yeah and it looks like it's already reached a lot of people and i had seen from which another thing i wanted to ask you about what what how it's been being part of um the descendants and it's oh, yeah. such a i mean something that's been so successful as well though you've, yeah. you've made three of them and you had a, a hit song from uh was it the previous one where, where it was you, the last where, one the third movie yeah the third one yeah 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 um how's that experience been being part of something so successful like that i mean it it's been really did you expect really it to special. be that successful i guess no i didn't no. i mean i i auditioned back when i was i don't know i must have been 18 maybe um yeah, wow. for the first one 17 i'm 24 now and mm-hmm. it, it just feels like such a lifetime ago. I, I, you know, when you audition for something, you don't know what it's really going to be. It's just like, you mm-hmm. don't know who's attached mm-hmm. to it. But I did know, like, I idolized Kenny Ortega, who was the director and kind of the mastermind of it um, for a long time. And I knew that, you know, when I was walking into the audition room and working, working the scenes with him, that it was a, a very rare opportunity. And it did end up being just a, the most incredible opportunity it, it's got such a big fan base and they're so damn dedicated and like loving mm-hmm. and supportive. It's really, they're largely responsible for my fan base, which is like, it's a huge gift because I obviously wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing without a fan base. Um, but yeah, the best thing about those movies is the family I made, really. Mm-hmm. I'm, there are so many special people that I've met through it and it's something that like has definitely shaped my life like it's it's it changed my life for sure it's just it was a really special experience I feel very lucky it would be yeah I can imagine and and from you know such a young age I guess it's really formed a lot of where your career's gone and you know, yeah it's, it, yeah pretty special thing to be part of that and um I'd also read and I hope this isn't you know off topic to ask about I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable but I'd read about one of your cast members um that passed away that must have yeah. been yeah that was like, i can't even imagine but yeah it must have been a pretty um yeah i mean it was uh, it's undoubtedly the hardest thing i've gone through um it, it's horrible to lose someone but losing cameron was like earth shattering for everyone who knew him and even the people who didn't he had such a huge fan base and still does and it shattered so many people and I just it was that was just something that I 
could have, it seems wrong. It's just, I, I have no other words except it's just wrong. It feels like we were robbed of one of the most incredible gifts. Um, but in the same token, in the same breath, I so so lucky to have known him for the time I did um it's just a huge blessing and I will always carry him with me and you know cherish the memories that we have and we're all family so it's been nice to have a community of people who are you know able to provide comfort and um reflect on how special he was Um, I mean that's so important to have that and I guess it reminds you how important it is to have good people in your life, family, good yeah, friends, absolutely. Right people around you. It's it's the most important thing. And I think, you know, also during this time, you know, during this COVID period, uh, it's reminded me that just coming home, I've got a, a really sick uncle and he's like a, you know, I'm so close to him and just being with the family, being able to see them, see my friends. Um, it reminds you that at the end of the day, that's that's what matters. That is really the fundamental thing. It really is. I, I'm feeling the same. Even just being with my family now and having time to just talk and be mm-hmm. there with each other is has been really special. Um, and yeah, it's just really something like that just really reminds you that life is so fragile and you just have to hug the people you love and tell them you love them. And sort of back to the, you know, being vocal about causes, I I think Mm. something worth mentioning is awareness of about epilepsy. And that's what Cameron passed from, uh, I believe, complications. And there's just not enough information out there. There's not enough knowledge out there. And um, yeah, I encourage anyone who's listening to go check out the Cameron Boyce Foundation and um, No Suit Up, uh, which is sudden, unexpected death by epilepsy. Um, Mm. yeah. So just really educating yourself. If you have anyone in your family or your friends who has epilepsy, what you can do if someone's having a seizure or, um, you know, how to, how to just support them. And hopefully, you know, through the Cameron Boyce Foundation, they've been trying to raise money for research. And yeah, I just think that's incredibly important. It's, it's just not talked about enough. So there's another example of something yeah. that I, I, don't, I hope to advocate for. Absolutely, yeah. You know, something so close to you. Um, it, it just goes back to what, what you said earlier, you know, people using the platform. If you've got a platform, it's if everyone can do what you're doing and put positive messages out there and vocalise for things that are important, the amount of change that will be made. And also, not only if you don't have a major platform, I always say that, you know, everyone can make a change no, no matter who you are or where you are or what you're doing, um, if everyone, if every single person in the world just had the mindset that with whatever resource I have, I'm going to just try and make some form of difference, that's how the world changes if everyone yeah, can do that. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, I mean, you don't even have to have a platform. I think just educating your family, your friends, yeah. people yeah. who are close to you. I, I keep hearing about, you know, there's so much going on in terms of race relations in the world. And yeah. I, I know that a lot of people are having to have really difficult conversations with relatives who are just not getting it. And that's that's super important. You don't have to have a platform to, you know, have a frank conversation with your racist uncle. Like, that's yeah. it's so important to, um, yeah, to just be vocal. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, it, it is great that there is movement happening in, in that area. And I was reading with Charmed how you were talking about how it's so amazing that the three main cast members with three women of color and with what's happening with Black Lives Matter and everything else, it's so good that, and in film, I guess, there's a long way to go, but we're seeing at least more of a push for diversity and um, such an important thing and it's needed to happen for so long, but... Yeah. yeah, I know. And I think it's just like, now I'm, I, I, I it just needs to go further. It, it can't be just yeah. like yeah. networks and studios ticking boxes on screen. It really exactly, has to be reflected yeah. inside and out. Um, you know, diverse crew members, diverse, diverse writers and producers and, you know, more, more black creators and giving them the space and the opportunity to create you Mm -hmm. know society has hugely benefited from black culture and we need to thank them and give them the space to to thrive and really to be equal um yeah it's just so much so much needs to happen I, i i like to think we've come a long way but the reality is like it's just there's so much more work to do a huge amount more to go because like you said it you know it can't be just about ticking a box it's got to be about a cultural change to the mm-hmm. point where a systemic change like, yeah you know, like we shouldn't be thinking about these things it should just be a given that a given you know, yep <laughs> there's a quality across the board and it's not it shouldn't have to be talked about but it is great that this change is happening but like you said it needs to become embedded in how yeah society absolutely. functions it's just like it, so hopefully this is the beginning of you know that that changing um, yeah, agreed. I hope it is. I know and, systemic change yeah. has to happen. It's just about how we do that. And I think a lot of it is unlearning as well as learning. There's just so much oh, God, yeah. to unlearn. Um, literally centuries of it <laughs> in, embedded in people. So it's, you know, it's a huge amount of work to do, but it's it's just like there's no other option. It's vital. It's necessary. And it it's so true what you're saying unlearning and i think <clears throat> change is so hard like it it's uncomfortable to change and that comes with fear and mm-hmm. you know it comes with confronting so many things and we're taught and and on whatever level whether it is that uh, i always talk about how when i i used to be so um insecure and so closed off and so afraid of just any form of expression and when i i got into acting quite late and i remember on my first day of acting school the, the teacher said the first thing we're going to do is we're, you're going to unlearn what you've learned for the last 20 years because you've sort of, you know, even just on, you know, a day-to-day level, we're taught that don't do this, do that, don't say this, say that. And, it, you know, if you buy into that, it conditions you to just become paranoid about just being yourself. Yeah, and absolutely. We need to unlearn. Yeah, totally, totally. On so many it's levels. very, very important. It's, I think, in terms of the Black Lives Matter movement, I... And just race relations in general, I see, you know, even within myself, like we really have to examine the biases that maybe we're not, we weren't willing to confront before that you might not even be aware of at all. And to really like make a mindful effort to be aware of them and and change them until it becomes, until it just changes, until it becomes, you know, second nature to... Yeah. For everyone to be equal. Absolutely. It's so important. Yeah. Um, I'd read you talked about with your character on Charmed how, you know, she's a, 
a role model for a lot of young girls how, how important is it for your characters to on a societal level play that part and you know be a role model or get a message out there and you know for the stuff that you're part of is that an important thing I, absolutely it's <clears throat> it's very important for me i think i've been given a, a great opportunity to be what am i trying to say i've been given an opportunity to help people feel seen um, along with my other two wonderful co-stars, Melanie and, and Madeline, you know, we're three women of color carrying a show. And, um, all I can hope for is to, to tell stories that impact people and to make the change and, and talk about things that maybe aren't comfortable. I, you know, it's, I'm constantly having conversations with our writer's room about how can we confront the things that are going on in life in our show um, mm. how can we make it the most inclusive as possible? How can we, uh, how can we make sure it's everywhere and not just on screen? And I just, I, I feel very grateful to have that opportunity. And, you know, sometimes th- I'm sure there'll be roles where I'm not exactly a role model cause those are fun too. But, um, mm. you know, what, wh- whether that may be playing a villain or w- whatever that is, but, um, this role in particular is, I'm hoping that a lot of young women of color see themselves, um, whoever. I hope anyone sees themselves in my character, Maggie. She's like, she's wonderful. I think she's girly and she she loves fashion and she's a girly girl, but she's also like hella smart and yeah. caring and empathetic. And I'm always of the mindset that we need to untrain people. Hmm. I think there's a misconception that you have to be one or the other. You know, mm. you're either you're either the jock or you're the nerd or you're the the pretty schoolgirl or you're the the I don't know, the the geek. Like yeah. I just think that it can be there's this duality within her that I I really I love because it's really me. It actually really is me. I'm I'm all these I'm these girly things and I love makeup and I love hair and I love doing this and that, but I also I'm smart and I'm capable and I'm, yeah, I'm empathetic and caring. Mm. And, um, it's, I love that about her. I love that she is all these things and they're not mutually exclusive. So yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I don't even know what the question was, but that, yeah, that's Uh, something to me that is like very, very cool. It's a good opportunity. No, I, I, I love the answer. And, um, people are complicated like it's another problem with society likes to you know everyone has to be put in a box and categorized and labeled and mm-hmm. you're either categorized as you know the sporty person or the whatever it is and it's just people are more complicated than that and it's crazy that we have to label everything we can't just see you know enjoy things for what they are and accept different sides of things it's like and that's suffocating for people you can't grow if you're always labeled and put in a box and um it's impossible it, and it's also what causes a lot of so many mental health issues where because of that labeling then people think that i need to do x to be accepted or you know through social media people are fighting for how do i present an image that i'm doing this or that i'm that or that i'm achieving at this level and and then you compare to other people and it's a never-ending thing that is uh yeah almost impossible to like fully manage these yeah, days exactly. with just how much is out there it's like i don't know how you you know unless you want to like go live in a cave it's pretty hard to avoid but it's impossible to, well it feels impossible to tackle i don't know how how viable it is to really completely 
change that, but through um my my work, I I hope to at least show multifaceted characters. Um, yeah, yeah, people are, are complex, uh, yeah. so it's just natural to to show that. Yeah, absolutely. And and do you feel like in the entertainment industry there needs to be um more of a push to look after whether it is an actor or singer or whatever in just in performing that we look after the mental health of performers because it's there are so many that struggle and it's this crazy combination of you've got these people that are very creative they're so it means you're more prone to mental health related issues and then where you're in an industry where there's often no certainty yeah and you're having to be completely vulnerable and get rejected and judged and it's a breeding ground for mental health issues a lot of the Absolutely. time. Like you, from my experience, I feel like there needs to be so much done in that area. Is that something you've seen through your experience in the industry that it can cause yeah. know, a lot of problems for people in mental health? Absolutely. I mean, I think I have a very, very busy schedule to begin with. I'm working long hours. I'm have a hefty workload. I, and then on top of that, you know, I have my own personal stuff going on and I've got I have my own shit. I have mental health issues. And I think a lot of the times it's like not pointing fingers at any specific production, but I think in general in this industry, there's a tendency to just like brush it under the rug and be like, okay, you, mm-hmm. like, you, like we're like, we're robots. Like we're just, you just have to keep going and keep going and, mm-hmm. and push through it. But, uh, you know, eventually you'll, you'll reach a breaking point and that has happened to me. And it's, you know, if there was just enough care gone in every day into ensuring that um, artists are getting the support they need and mm-hmm. if they're struggling that they have resources, um, I think that's hugely important. I, and I don't know if that exists um, in some arenas. I don't know if that ex- I don't know if certain productions have that, but I mm-hmm. definitely have noticed um, that that's lacking. Uh, so it would be great to see more resources available for artists. And I think artists naturally suffer a lot more because they're so creative. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's so important. Um, Are there certain things you do? I mean, you're talking before about how you've, you know, getting into meditation and things like that. Do you have certain things you do daily that help you that, you know, maybe people listening to this might be able to take on board that, just and just in general as well, just to sort of feel happier and healthier in certain daily things. I mean, a huge, huge thing for me that I like I was sort of saying earlier is meditation. I think I really undervalued meditation and how life changing it really can be. It for someone like myself, and I, I think most people, it can really just hard like change the hardwiring in your brain. Um, for me, intrusive thoughts are. A, inevitable they're a constant part of my day and I meditation for me has allowed me to change my relationship with the thoughts and how I react to them and Mm -hmm. so putting time aside to meditate whether it's through an app I use headspace and a a couple other ones or if it's just a sort Mm -hmm. of a self-guided thing or a body scan um Mm -hmm. that is something that I I highly highly recommend if people haven't you know given it a go yet. I also think exercise is hugely important. Something that I notice when I am exercising frequently, I am just, 
I don't know. I guess, you know, endorphins are a real thing. It's, it's, it's very helpful for me. And when I'm not, when I have a very busy schedule and I'm shooting, you know, nine months out of the year, almost every day, I, I don't really have the time to exercise. And I notice a definite difference. Um, you know, now I'm working out three, four times a week and I feel, I feel really good. It just really helps me. Um, so I encourage that, whether it's like, you know, a yoga class or going for a walk, it makes a huge difference for myself at least. Um, mm. and I don't know, I think just like putting aside time for yourself is a huge thing as well, whatever that might look like for me, it's doing my skincare routine and then hopping into bed and having a cup of tea and reading a book. Like for me that, that is me time. And that's when I can kind of just focus on myself and decompress and let the day go no matter how it's gone. Um, so yeah, me time whatever that might look like for you, you're a priority and you need to make that time for yourself. I guess the other thing I would also touch on is I think there's like a stigma around medication. I don't know if that's something that you've ever talked about, but, um, yeah, quite a lot. Yeah. I think there's a, 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 quite a stigma around medication. And, um, I, if you are struggling, I encourage you to look at all all possibilities, you know, obviously I am not a professional in any capacity, but, you know, uh, psych- my psychiatrist and my um, psychologist have been life-changing for me, and going on meds is something that I think was necessary for me, um, and I just, I just hope to break that stigma as well, because it's really no different than a physical ailment. It's like, some people have to take medication for high blood pressure. I have to take medication exactly. for my anxiety. Like, it's just really, I just encourage people to, I don't know, open their minds to it. Explore all avenues. And no, I, and exactly what you're saying. And I think it, it's just such an important point that when it comes to mental well being, it is an incredibly uh, complicated area. And there's no one size fits all. There's no, you know, one-stop shop to what you should or shouldn't do. And people need to explore all avenues. And it might be a combination of things. Normally it is. It might be that, um, and, you know, medication, there there still is stigma with that as well. There shouldn't be. Like you said, it's like saying, well, um, if I cut my arm open, um, am I going to be judged to go and put a bandage on it? Right. Am I going to be seen as, it's like, it's it's what you do. If I've got a problem mentally, I've got to try and find a way to, to deal with that. Um, it's just science. It's chemical. It's not exactly. within your control. So not saying that medication is suitable for everyone. There's obviously mm. so many different kinds out there, but it is something worth exploring because it, it definitely is something that changed my life along with yeah. therapy. Therapy is just like, can't recommend it enough. I go to CBT oh. therapy. It's, it totally has changed my life. Yeah, amazing. And and yeah, thank you for being so open and sharing all of this as yeah. well because it, I know it's going to help people hearing that. But um, yeah, it, I, I think therapy in general, everyone, even if you don't think you're suffering from a, and this is a big thing I talk about in mental health as well, it's sort of, we need to be, I mean, every, it's like saying I, you know, I feel like I'm pretty fit and healthy, so I'm not going to exercise. You, you can, it, it's better for us to do it and we'll feel better. You could feel like, yeah, I feel pretty good, but it would still you know, you can improve your mental well-being by doing things like what you talked about, by meditating, by trying to become more self-aware, you know, like you were talking about with uh, thinking, when we are having negative thoughts or our minds, you know, telling us stories that we've repeated for years that we have now started to believe, you can 
you can't stop your mind from thinking, but what you can do is disempower those thoughts by yeah. being aware and thinking, you know what? No, I don't believe that. And I'm going to, I know right now I feel really uncomfortable. And my mind's telling me this is what's going to happen, but I'm going to push forward anyway. Yeah. And if you keep doing that, you disempower the thought and, you know, but, but we need awareness about all of this and people should be just going and working on themselves mentally regardless. Like it's just totally. healthy to do. It- just really improves my it improved my quality of life. I imagine it would improve anyone's quality of life. I, I mean, provided that you find the right match for you and the right therapist. But um, yeah, gotta take care of yourself. And yeah. I think I'd read you. You know, you're pretty big in gratitude as well. Has that been a totally yeah thing for you? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I gratitude journal. I started gratitude journaling last year at some point, um, mm. and I was shocked at how much it helped me and put things into perspective there's always something you can be grateful for and putting it on paper and having to think about it is like huge I think I don't know have you have you done much gratitude work or anything like that yeah no I so I I do you know the biggest one for me is exercise and I come from a competitive sort of sporting background I just exercise for me it's like literally profound where I could be having the worst day ever and if I just go and move and train my mind just opens up again um I meditate every day I've been doing that for 10 years oh my Um, wow that's awesome yeah got into gratitude um about a year ago and now every morning when I wake up I just write down three things that I'm grateful for and often it's even the same things every day but it's such a simple thing but it's so so powerful and you know, just like we can find a million things to be negative about, we can find a million things to be positive about. Mm-hmm. And your mind doesn't have the capacity. If you're focusing on what you're grateful for, your mind doesn't have the capacity in that moment to be negative. So if we can train our mind to always be looking at the positive of a situation, yeah, you can condition yourself to, you know, be the opposite of, you know, where we can fall into in those negative pathways. So it's it's just such an important thing. It's super important. Yeah, it had a profound effect on me pretty quickly. Um, Mm. Yeah, even if it's just small things that I'm grateful for, it doesn't have to be big. Anything really is, yeah, like you were saying, you only have so much space in your brain for for thoughts and and feelings. So if if you're focused on the positives, that's just going to, you know, squash the negative. doesn't have any space to breathe in there. And our mind isn't meant to be thinking about, um, yeah, I think our, our brains scientifically are not meant to consume as much as they are now. It's just absolutely insane. And in the Western world, it's like what we talked about earlier, where you could have, you know, this incredible life, an amazing family, amazing job, all the things that should tick all the boxes to make you happy. And you see this all the time, people that are incredibly wealthy or famous or whatever, all these things that society thinks will be the answer. And they're incredibly unhappy. Yeah. Because no matter who you are or where you get to, you can become the president of the United States. And I don't think he's very happy. <laughs> I don't <laughs> he's think he's he is either. Highly disturbed. Um, but, you know, what you could get any any level if you're – you can always find things to be unhappy about. But one of the biggest things for me, I've spent, spent a lot of time in, in India and Africa and just hanging out in local villages and talking to local people that literally had nothing like their – they would be lucky in a day if they can just go and get enough, you know, food in their local community and water and, you know, but they were, and you talk to them and you can literally feel it. They're so present and so they're happy. And I think it's because they don't 
have the luxury that we have over here where we can think, oh, maybe, you know, maybe I want this as well, or maybe I want that instead there. Yeah, yeah. Because of the circumstance, they, they literally have to think, well, I've got, I don't have the capacity to think about anything else. Nothing else is available to me. I've just got to survive and look after my family. That's all I can do. And so you really, you're present and you enjoy and you appreciate things. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. Kind of goes back to like ancient times as well. You know, mm. we were like when we were Neanderthals running around, we had survive, uh, protect and, and feed. And that's basically it. And now exactly. everything is so damn complicated. Sometimes I, I wonder what it was like for them. I know. Yeah, it, it just need. I think things need to be simplified, and I, I hope that that's you know part of what will come out of this coronavirus situation. That yeah, I think it, it'll have a it'll sort of enlighten some people and give them an opportunity to be able to look reassess things and look at you know what's important. So hopefully that is a positive that can come out of it. Definitely, agreed. Yeah. I have a few closing questions that yeah. I um, finish every interview with. It's just yeah. short questions, and these can be short answers to yeah. these. But um, before I go into that, um, are there any things you would, for anyone listening to this, if they want to learn more about you or anything you want? I mean, I'll, I can put in the links, any causes or anything else you want us to link anyone to. I guess they'll hear it through the talk anyway. Yeah, I mean, I would really encourage anyone who's listening to for me, something dear to my heart right now is um, no suit up. Um, mm-hmm. So that's part of, um, like I said, it's an epilepsy foundation and um, they're working with the Cameron Boyce Foundation. So yeah, if you want to link those or, or whatever, I'm sure people can find it. Um, yep. it, uh, it It's super close to my heart and it's so vital to um, spread awareness and, 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 you know, fundraise to research because mm-hmm. it's just it's so unfortunate that people lose their, lose their lives to this and I, I think it's something that needs to be afforded some more some more time and research um mm-hmm. and uh you know I'm, I'm always right now I'm trying to support as many black artists as possible and I've I have some uh information on my Instagram and um I have, I have access to a couple great write-ups of um, black artists who can support. So that'll always be on my Instagram if people want to check that out as well. But yeah, that's, I guess that's, that's about it. <laughs> Perfect. And, and I'll put links to all of these as well. So anyone listening to it, they can go to the link. So um, just final closing questions here. The first one, uh, and it can be, yeah, whatever comes to mind. But the first one we go with is um, what's your best childhood memory? Ooh, what is my best childhood memory? I think uh, probably the one that always comes to mind is I used to have this amazing cat named Gray. He was Gray. That's why his name was Gray. And he came with the house that my parents bought. Um, and he was just the most chill cat. And so me and my sister Hannah used to bury him and stuffed animals in a laundry basket. <laughs> and, and, um, he was just, you know, loving his life, lounging there and just let us play with him. And, um, that always comes to mind because I ha- I love animals so much and he was, he was a good one. He was a good egg. That's so nice. And that's actually one, the one thing I forgot to ask you, I read you, you love animals so much and big supporter of that. And you're vegan as well. Is that what I read? Did I read that right? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. will say, like, I'm open about that where, you know, some days I will slip up. I haven't had meat in 
ages, but you know, maybe mm-hmm. there's something that has dairy in it and I, I will have that, but I, I try to, I eat vegan as much as possible. And, um, it's important for people to educate themselves on what they're putting in their body for sure. So yeah, that's another thing. <laughs> I encourage people to watch a documentary or two. Um, and I, I don't doubt that it will, uh, inspire change. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's such an important thing. Yeah. Um, what do you think, um, in the world right now is the biggest burden on mental health in society? I guess the lack of understanding and the lack of information for sure. Um, for me, I notice the most, there's a lot of misconceptions and I think a lot of people collectively have to come together to work on, uh, breaking that down. So for me, that's dismantling Mm. the perception of OCD, um, and educating people on what it really is and the lesser known, um, the lesser known sort of subtypes of OCD, uh, because it's so much more than just being organized or or being tidy. Um, it can really consume a person's life, and it did for me for a long time. So um, I mm. I really hope to to open people's eyes to that. Yeah, no, I think it's incredible that you're talking about that, and and like you said, it can consume it to the point where um, you know something that wasn't an issue, as soon as it starts to take over, that gets bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where you just don't even know what you're worried about, but your mind's so far gone. So far gone, just, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's yeah, hard. It's absolutely. a cycle, but it, it's definitely possible to to break it. That's therapy. Mm-hmm. Therapy for me is is the thing that is yeah, really really changed my life. Yeah, um, where do you see see mental health in society in ten years' time? Do you see things improving? Do you see there being sort of a, uh, you know more resources out there? Do you see sort of maybe a bit of both in the negative and the positive, where do you see things heading? I would hope that there are more resources available and more funding going into mental health worldwide. Um, I think that is hugely important. And uh, there's in particularly in the United States right now, obviously the funding is all going to the wrong places. So um, I would hope that there is just more, there are more resources available for people who maybe can't afford it but are are truly struggling and need the help um i also think that social media plays a huge part in people struggling with mental health so i hope that that kind of takes a turn i don't know what it would be but i really hope that we can find a way to continue using social media but i don't know i think it contributes so much to mental health that I hope maybe it changes a little bit. I don't know how. For sure. But... It, I mean, it can be, it, it, it's such a, you know, there's so many negatives that come from it. It's so big, but in the same way, it's a platform to be able totally. to promote positive things as well. So hopefully it can go more that way. Yeah, exactly. I, I yeah. hope that yeah. in, in, you know, five, 10 years time that it, it goes more in, in that direction for sure. For sure. What would you say is your personal definition of happiness? Um... Hmm. I guess for me, it would be (sighs) accepting the peaks and the valleys for me has been huge and accepting that um, I will have dark times and just having faith that I will come out of those. Um, And just really being a kind person and the best version of yourself to me is just, it's so important. I think when you radiate kindness, it comes back to you and then you can't help but be happy. Um, 
and helping other people is is huge as well. Uh, I think that for me has always been something that makes me happy is helping other people. You're doing something for them, but you're also doing something for yourself. So yeah, I guess happiness comes in all shapes and forms, but definitely not like like you were saying, I think there's I this that. conception that it's it's money and it's luxury and it's mm-hmm. cars and it's houses, but it's not any of those things really. So no, no, I, lo- I love your answer. And, and also, you know, I, I think, and that's what I've found in, you know, doing things where you're helping people, nothing makes you feel better. So mm-hmm. even if people could look at that in, you know, a sense of, you know what, I'm going to do it because it also makes me feel good, then it's going to, yeah, more, it encourages, like, and it does, like, and that, who cares if that, if people want to call that selfish? I don't think it's selfish. I no. think it's, if it makes you feel good, it helps people. It's that's mutually beneficial. Be yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so final one, uh, what's the most courageous thing you've ever done? I think the most courageous thing I've ever done for sure is confronting my mental health and getting the help that I needed. I was in a very dark time when I was shooting a show in New York and um, I, yeah, I just, I hadn't been in a in a darker time and literally getting up out of bed was courageous that in itself was mm-hmm. courageous for me at the point I was the point I was at that was a courageous act so me getting up and going yeah. to find the resources and sit down and have the hard conversations and find a therapist was by far the most courageous thing I've done for sure I think that's incredible and, and such an important message so thank you so much for making the time to chat to me I I think it's amazing everything you're doing and that you've done and, you know, and the sort of the insights you have at, at, at the age that, you, that you're at and you should be so proud of everything Thank you're doing. You. So I majorly respect what you're doing and just appreciate you making the time to have oh. this chat today. Thank you so much. Uh, likewise, I think what you're doing is incredible and I'm always, you know, I'm always keeping tabs and what you put out there is, yeah, it's very inspirational. So kudos, props to you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. This episode of Move Your Mind was produced and edited by Tim Boozer. We'd like to thank John Holland for proudly sponsoring this episode. Thanks to Sarah Jeffrey for joining me today for Move Your Mind. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Move Your Mind. We're going to be releasing new episodes every week, and we would love it if you could subscribe on your favorite platform, leave a comment, leave a star rating, recommend us to a friend, and help support us on this journey. Join me, Nick Brax, in Mental Health Masterclass, where you can access cinema-quality essential mental health education from world-leading experts anytime, anywhere. Each 12 to 15 minute module comes with comprehensive workbooks and a range of printable books with optional tasks, behavior change tools, information, and guidance to create healthy, preventative long-term habits. Go to courses.nickbrax.com to enroll, or simply go to nickbrax.com and click on the Mental Health Masterclass icon. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 